Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. Now we're a little later coming in. Tonight we'll have one song, and then David has our announcements, I believe. Uh, two more songs, and then Carter has our uh, lesson this evening. Our first song is number 888. 888. Thank you, Lord. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. And thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole and saving my soul. I Good evening, church family. A couple of announcements before we have our devotional. Um, as a reminder to all men that uh, March 17th and the 18th, this Friday and Saturday, will be the men's retreat. There's a sign-up sheet on the foyer board. Right now we have over 30 people going. It's probably, I just signed my three, well, me and my boys up, so that's three more, so that's, that's 33 right there. I think Jim just signed up, 34, so uh, going once, going twice, uh, sign up before you leave. Uh, everyone's welcome to it. Bring a friend. We'd love to have you. Um, also, uh, this Sunday evening will be the deacons meeting, so all deacons, please put that in your schedule at 5 o'clock. Um, also, Life Group 3, that's Jeremy and Dickie's Life Group, will be meeting Sunday evening on the 19th, this coming Sunday, after services to do a service project here at the building. Uh, soup and sandwiches are on the menu. Um, if you have any questions or anything, please see Connie or Jeremy for more information. Also, um, Young at Heart is this coming Tuesday on the 21st. We'll be heading to Longhorn Steakhouse. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, I would love to have you uh, venture out with us. Also, the egg hunt is April 1st. Um, there's eggs out there in the foyer table. There's bags. If you can fill out the candy, um, filled eggs, greatly would be appreciated, and stick them in my office after you fill them up. 
And if you have any candy left over, just leave it in my office too, and I will eat it. Um, also, uh, Stepping Stone Supper is April 5th. Uh, do you know what's on the menu, Connie? Okay. Caught her off guard. That's great. Um, so, Stepping Stones on April 5th. Uh, so, please put that in your schedule. On April 24th through the 26th is Flatwoods Gospel Meeting. Um, and also, we're still needing a Bible uh, teacher for a Sunday Bible Hour. Um, if you can help out with that, please see Connie or Jeremy. Um, updates on our prayer list. Remember, continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus in our prayers as he continues with his cancer treatments. Uh, keep uh, Terry Leap, that's Gary's brother, in your prayers as well. Uh, he's not doing well, so keep him and Gary and the rest of the fa- Leap family in your prayers during this time. Keep uh, Jennifer Baker in your prayers as well. She continues with her cancer treatments. And uh, keep Amber Spitzer in your prayers as well. She continues with her cancer treatments. Um, Ron Sanders, a deacon out in Greasy Ridge, um, keep him in your prayers at this time. Uh, keep Jim Haney uh, in your prayers as well. His uh, numbers are back up and needs the prayers of the congregation. Uh, keep Wayne Stevens in your prayers as uh, Jerry's brother, younger brother, baby brother. Um, you know he's taller than him, but uh, he's still the baby brother. But uh, keep him in your prayers. He's having heart issues and um, is having surgery on Wednesday. So keep him in your prayers. Um, also keep Daryl Hall in your prayers. He's, he had surgery last week, and he's now at home recovering. So keep him in your prayers and his family. Uh, the Hall family in your prayers. That's all the announcements I have. Is there anything else I may have missed? All right, let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to be here this evening, Lord, Lord, to learn more about you, to be able to apply your word to our everyday lives. Lord, help us in our prayer lives. Help us in our walk to be more like you in our everyday lives, Lord. Lord, we ask you to continue to be with our elders and the decisions they make here at Rome, Lord. Just continue to give them the wisdom and guidance they need, Lord, and be with us as we give them the encouragement they need. Lord, I ask you at this time to be with our sick, be with Jimmy and Terry and Jennifer and Amber and Jim as they go through their cancer treatments, Lord. Heal them, be with their families that are taking care of them and the doctors who are taking care of them, Lord. This... Let them know that you're always there for to comfort them. Lord, we ask you to be with, with Wayne at this time, and as he's probably nervous about what his upcoming surgery, Lord, just give him the comfort he needs. Let him know that we are, we are thinking of him and praying for him, Lord. Lord, be with the Hall family at this time, Lord. Be with Daryl as he's recovering at home. Lord, continue to be with our widows and our shut-ins. Let us be an encouragement to them. Let them... Let us reach out to them. Let them know that we are thinking of them, Lord, and continue to be with our youth. Lord, help us to help them, Lord. Let them always know that your word is the path, that they can always go to your word for guidance, Lord. Lord, I also ask you to be with Carter this evening, Lord, as he delivers your message, Lord. We are so proud of him and all our young kids who can get up here to preach your word, Lord. And we thank you for the time that he put into it, into his studies. And, and we, I pray that, that he will touch someone's heart this evening, Lord, that they will feel the need to come forward. Lord, most of all, thank you so much for you sending your son to die on the cross for us. We thank you for loving us and giving us a chance for eternity, eternity with you one day, Lord. 
Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Our next song is on the overhead only. It's highly exalted. I led this last week, and I figure the best way to learn it is to keep singing it. So, highly exalted. You were despised, you were rejected, Lord, those who passed by, even next song is number 756 756 when we all get to heaven 
After this, Carter will have our lesson. You moved on me. <laughs> you, you, you should be back there, Carter. <laughs> sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his Good afternoon. All right. Today I'm going to be talking about how our walk with Christ is like a race, like Paul did in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, and 27. So, I do not run like one who runs endlessly, or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict, strict control, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. If some of you didn't know, I'm a runner. I run a lot, and I have pretty good knowledge of it. And I love how much it relates to our walk with Christ. Like many things I've done, I started running because there was a girl on the track team and I wanted to impress her. It never worked out, but because of this, I discovered I like to run. You can't just go out and run a marathon without a ton of training. Likewise, in Christianity, you can't go out and preach without studying the Bible first. Whenever I race, I like to have an end goal of how I want that race to go. So, in Christianity, we need to have an end goal of how I want Judgment Day to go. 
And another thing that comes with a race is if you win, there's a prize. And as Christians, we have a prize, that prize being heaven. So I've got three points. So my first point is training. Training as a Christian is many things. One of those things is expanding your knowledge of God's word. A verse that goes hand in hand with this is 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. When I run, I'm training my body. But what this verse is saying is that God's word is literally almost everything we need to train us righteously and to rebuke things. God's word is so amazing and great for training us, but there's another way that's almost as important to train us. We can read God's word and worship him alone, but without needing anyone else, but fellowship with one another is one of the best ways to build us up and strengthen us as Christians. Like the saying, iron sharpens iron, we can strengthen each other through fellowship with one another. Acts 2.42 They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. We need to also devote ourselves to the church and come to the fellowship events when we can. Training as a Christian is hard, but it's worth it. But another thing that comes with training is blisters. I'm sure we've all gotten a blister before, but as an athlete, it's a recurring thing, as I'm sure some of you know. Blisters in running nine times out of 10 is caused by the wrong footwear and unpreparedness. If you would, turn to 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped with every good work. Paul is saying in this verse that we should be equipped with the right things so that we can do every good work. And so we need to put on the armor of God. If you would, turn to Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The armor of God consists, consists of six things. Sorry. We've got the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the feet of peace, the helmet of salvation, the, breastpla the breastplate of righteousness, and the shield of faith. I want to focus on just one, though, the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. And I want to, I want to really get you all to know that Paul is literally saying in this verse that God's word is a weapon, a sword, and it's lethal against the devil and his schemes. We all know this verse, but this is the equipment that Paul is talking about. So my first year I started running, I decided to go for a run in my high-top Converse because, well, I'm 14 years old and I'm better than everyone. But like many other scenarios, my parents were right, and I needed to get running shoes, but I got blisters from that. But how often do we do this in our life where we think that we know better and we do something that's either not that bad or it's technically not a sin, and we get what I like to call a spiritual blister? A spiritual blister is where we fall away from God because we did something we shouldn't have. And we fell away a bit. But we have to live with the end in mind. Another thing in running is the community is like a family. We can relate to that as Christians. The pictures here on the left, I call these pictures my third family. The left picture is last year's cross-country team at a national meet in Nashville, Tennessee. And on the right is my track and field team 
last year at a national meet in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We as a church call ourselves a family, and that's true. We are a family. We are all children of God. But likewise in sports, as I'm sure you can ask any athlete in here, they will tell you the same thing. Teams are a family too. We build each other up and we strengthen each other. We need to be doing the same thing as in the church. Ephesians 2.19. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. This verse says us, we the church, are members of God's household. And like in any family, whether that be blood, church, or sports, we need to build each other up. So my next point. There is an end goal. So my most recent cross-country meet was a national meet in Nashville. This race was like a week after Halloween. So things how I'm a five foot ten child, I went trick-or-treating and I couldn't have I couldn't eat any of that candy because it would mess up everything I'd worked for. But we had, we had been preparing for this meet for months and training our bodies and changing our diets to perform well at this meet. We'd set goals and had visions in mind for what we were going to do at this meet. My goal was to run under 23 minutes. Now mind you, my average 5K at the time was around 25 minutes. So this was a massive goal for me to achieve. Race day came. I was feeling great, but I was hungry. And the only food there was breakfast burritos. And so what do I do? I go buy myself a breakfast burrito and iced coffee one hour before my race. If you've never ran or done a sport that involves a lot of running, you might not know just how bad of an idea this was. But thankfully, I still ran well and achieved my goals because I was training hard and also prayed God would let me do well in this meet. But how many times in life do we do something like this, where we make a decision and we're not thinking, we're not having the end in mind? If you would, turn to Hebrews 9, 27, 28. Just as people are destined to die once, and after that, they face judgment. So Christ is sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. He will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. This verse is telling us that we're all going to die one day, and we don't know when that day is, but we're destined to die, and we're all going to face judgment. The only thing that we can do is live our life with the end in mind, and to live a Christ-like life, and make it to where we can control our actions. 1 Corinthians 9, 26, 27. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body. And I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Athletes, I'm sure you know this, but as an athlete, we have to make decisions about what we eat, drink, and do with our bodies. We have to control the urge to eat a ton of junk food and to drink soda. We have to train what hurts, and especially when it hurts, because that's where the progress comes from. But it's the same way as a Christian. We have to control thoughts of lust, control our tongue, and our actions to make sure we're putting God first and so that we may achieve our heavenly prize. So, my next point. There is a prize. I'm sure you guys have watched the Olympics before. When I watch the Olympics, I only watch the track and field part because I really don't care about anything else. But everyone's goal is to achieve the gold medal. I'd personally be happy with a silver or bronze medal if I made it to the Olympics. Seeing as how it's just that hard to make it to the qualifying rounds. But 
As Christians, there's one prize, one gold medal, if you will. That prize is heaven, and we can all achieve it. Revelations 21, 4 through 5. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated at the throne said, I am making everything new. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This verse is just a little bit of what heaven will look like. After all our training, all our spiritual running, we can claim our heavenly prize when this life is over. 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and to not only me, but also to all those who have longed for his appearing. This verse is Paul talking to his friend Timothy. He's saying, I've lived my life already. I've spread the word of God, and I've continued his kingdom. My race is done, and I'm ready to get my prize. When we die, or when Jesus comes back, we will all be judged, and judgment day is something that we need to be prepared for, because we're all going to face it. If you would, turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be ununiformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. This verse is about the Lord's return. When Jesus returns, that's a mystery, and we have no idea when it will be. All we have is the prophecies about it in Revelation. He could come tomorrow, or it could be a thousand years from now. But we need to be prepared for his return, because we're all going to face judgment. God will judge us, but thankfully, like in the courtroom, we have an attorney. That attorney's name is Jesus Christ. But unless we're saved, he will say he never knew us. Baptism is the first step to being saved. So if you wish to do that or have any other need tonight, come to the front as we stand and sing. please. Father, we're thankful for this opportunity we've had to come and sing songs of you, to you, and, and hear this lesson from Carter, and we're thankful for the work that he's put into this and the thoughts that he had for us to think about, that we can go through our daily lives the rest of this week, and it'll make us better. We ask your blessings on our sick and our shut-ins, and 
our widows and that you bless them and watch over them and protect them and be with the ones that were mentioned and, and bless them in the efforts that are being made to help them be with cancer and heart issues and different other situations. Go with us now as we're about to go to our classes. Pray that uh, we try to learn more of what you want us to be. Give us strength. Give us courage. Forgive us. In thy son's name we pray. And amen.